Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the borrower with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Welcome to another episode of Greg Gabriel Talks Football. Greg, how are you on this Victory Monday? I'm good. How about you? How about this, Aldo? Mm -hmm. Today is Monday with two games left. Mm -hmm. And if teams wanted to, they could let guys go. Mm -hmm. As of two minutes ago, Mm -hmm. every coach is still intact. Interesting. Now there've already been though what two Well, the Raider, the Raiders, and, and and Jacksonville have already let go of their coaches, so they they can begin interviews this week. And actually, if 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 a by the new rule, you you can um, interview somebody if you've notified the coach mm-hmm. that he will not return. Mm-hmm. So Matt Nagy, when he was at the podium today and he answered the question that he uh, does he expect to coach the team over the next two weeks for the rest of the season, he said that he is assuming, yes, he might have been told already that they are going to replace him next season, but he did not divulge that if, in, in fact, that did happen. Well, theoretically, yeah, that could be true, but why – why would he say that? Why would why would he, you know, just say, you know, I'm under the assumption that I'm going to be coach here for at least the next two weeks. Right. And that's what he said. And, right. and, I know. And, I, I listened to that part. That's all I listened to. Yeah. And and that's fine. He doesn't have to reveal anything else. Um, true. But, uh, you know, does he does he think? Um, and I see a question there. Do I think George is being stubborn? No, I think he's. They got a plan, and they're going to go according to that plan. Could something? I mean, like I say, as of right now, no standing coach has been let go from a team. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, there's going to be at least four done, mm-hmm. maybe five, and and because every year there's going to be six to eight openings. Yep, and, and, and there's not six to eight replacements. So. And I contend that with everything that's happening uh, uh, in the country with COVID, that it would be much more disruptive for a team to change the head coach out with two games left. Let that infrastructure let that infrastructure exist for the next two weeks, and and then get to the business of uh, changing things up for twenty twenty three. If that's what well, you're well, going to you do, you got to have somebody. You got to have somebody in the building that could handle that job. 
even if it's only it's only two weeks, but still somebody mm -hmm. who's got the the, the leadership uh, role or no, knows how to handle that leadership role. The person, you know, for the one game, they use a special teams coach. Uh, I think if they were to make a change this week or next week, it would, you know, they'd go to Mike Patton. That's just my own personal opinion because mm -hmm. Mike's, Mike's been a head coach. Yeah. And when he doesn't have a role on the field, so to speak, he's up in the box helping Sean decide with the defense. But, you know, really, he, he doesn't have a role on the field. So I, I, I think they would uh, uh, go in that direction. But what the hell do I know? Lewis Riddick uh, of uh, Monday Night Football and ESPN, he said uh, to ESPN 1000 last, late last week that Matt Nagy already knows his fate uh, and that you know none of this is going to be a surprise when he's officially told he's no longer the coach. You agree with that? Well, I know Lewis and um, Matt, our friends, they work together. You know, I I worked with Lewis and, and Matt for one year in Philly in 2012. I think. Uh, Lewis worked with Matt probably about four years. Mm -hmm. um, so could that, I mean, could, could he have already been told a week ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's possible, but, and, and I'll tell you one of the interesting things. So something, it would have to leak out. Mm -hmm. You don't, none of the interviews that can take place this week or next week are done in person. It's not like, you know, you're going to fly off to Tampa to talk to Todd Bowles or fly off to Buffalo to talk to Brian DeBall. It's done like you and I are chatting right now. Right. Via Zoom. Right. I'd be happy to facilitate that meeting, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about what the factor says? He wants to know about the other McCaskies. Is George mainly running the show? I know there's some other McCaskies on the board. All the McCaskies are on the, the, the board. Every son and daughter is on the board of directors. No, no, no. They, you know, there's Ed McCaskey, uh, Ned, who's an attorney. Brian, Ted Phillips. You've got Pat Ryan. Uh, one of just like eight. You know, Virginia. Right. Uh, you know, the, the main McCaskies, Brian and and George being the two main McCaskies, and Virginia mm -hmm. are on the board. Are and you people, you know, I'm, I'm reading these, this stuff, uh, you know, which I, I, I can't stand very well. One of these days, I'm going to say, just shut the fuck up. But, the, you know, the scrolls coming up when Nagy's having his. his uh, <laughs> I know that irritates <laughs> it, it does. It's just rude. Yeah. You know, and, and it's by people that have a, a brain about the size of a pea. But, <laughs> you know. Regardless, you know, a lot of them, and you got to get rid of Ted too. Okay, I'll, I'll say it for the upteenth millionth time. <laughs> Ted really has nothing to do with the product on the field. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 and you've got people in, in sports radio here that think that he's got a big say. He doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, my office is right across the hall from Ted's. I know what Ted does. And Ted's main job, and, and we discussed this, I think, last week, that, well, I'm not necessarily for a, quote, football czar, because then uh, that's just a fancy name for the GM. Mm -hmm. The If 
what and I think you said it was Adam Hogue that was writing this that uh, he, he you know there's there's talk that he may step away from some of that day to day stuff. Yeah. He's got a big job to do, mm-hmm. and that's putting together a multi billion dollar let's call it little metropolis down the street from you. Yeah. Um, and, and that's gonna be, that in itself is a full-time job. Absolutely. Probably over the next, what, eight to 10 years? Absolutely. The, the pushback, though, on what you're saying is that- I don't care what the pushback is. <laughs> is that he's part of that two-headed team that makes decisions on the general manager. They're the ones that interview- the, the next GM. And so indirectly they have a say, a say on what's on the football field because they're hiring the decision makers. Well, they didn't really have the say on, they had to go along with Ernie, of course, say on the Ryan Pace's hire. Mm-hmm. But they could have told Ernie, Ernie, and keep looking. <laughs> they could have said that. <laughs> yeah. But if, if, if they're paying, earning hundreds of thousands of dollars to come up with the best candidate. Don't you, excuse me. Don't you think they'd go with the candidate that he said, this is number one. It it, it would be stupid not to, <laughs> I mean, you know, so, I'm going to pay the plumber and then I'm going to tell the plumber step aside. I'm going to let me do it. <laughs> yeah. I could, I, I could tell the plumber what to do. <laughs> I can. My house, my house would be flooded in about three seconds. <laughs> Same here. So why don't you do this? <laughs> totally agree. But it, it, it does. I mean, maybe you can blame them for hiring Ernie Ocosi. I mean, Ernie has had success. Yeah, but Ernie, Ernie had a Ernie had a good reputation doing that. But hey, it is what Ryan Pace has done some good things. And I'll tell you the one thing. And I'm not pro or con to Ryan Pace. Okay, mm-hmm. I've met the guy a few times. He's really a good person. I like him. We got along fine. Um, he was very helpful. Other than that, you know, I mean, I, I, I couldn't say he's a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole rebuild of Hallis Hall, so to speak, mm-hmm. that's all his. Yeah, and he did a magnificent job by all accounts. I haven't been inside, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know Ballard was telling me, he goes, and this is when, before it hit the media, he, Ballard already knew about it. And he said, wait till you see what they're going to do to Hallis Hall. Because, you know, we we all spent so much time there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was all Pace doing that. Yeah. And I like the idea how they wrapped it around, you know, the, the, the practice field, so to speak. Yeah, so everybody you got know, in, in front of the, uh, the forest mm-hmm. over there. You know, it used to be, going a little bit off topic here. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go out early in the morning. If you got there early in the morning or at dusk, all of a sudden coming out of those trees where that new building is, mm-hmm. the trees are behind, there'd be 30, 40, 50 deer wow. walking around the practice fields. Gorgeous. Every, every day. That's nice. That's a that's a great environment to um build a great football team. Unfortunately, there's other parts of that are not working right now. now I'm not going to mention his name, but one coach though decided, well, this is easy hunting. So, <laughs> so, That's great. <laughs> he and his kid decided to hide in the forest and go <laughs> and go hunting, but they, and they got caught. 
Because it's a po that's a posted area. Hey, Greg, I, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't expect you to tell me the truth because I read Brad Biggs' uh, 10 uh, comments, 10 thoughts uh, that he publishes every Monday, and it's must-read for any Bears fan. And, and one of the chapters, one of the numbers, he ex quotes extensively somebody who is against the idea of a football czar. And as I'm reading all of these comments, I'm like, this is almost word for word what Greg said. So I wonder if Brad called Greg and off no, the record. Well, Greg I, haven't off talked, the I haven't talked to Brad in weeks. Okay. <laughs> so, well, somebody else has very similar thoughts to – I, You know, I, I, I try I, – I, you know, I see it on Twitter and I tried to click on it and it said your free reads are done. So, <laughs> That's um, ridiculous. And I'm not. I'm not going to pay. So uh, I appreciate <laughs> the. Um, yeah, they they really market the hell out of that. That is like the one of the big draws for that newspaper is that column. And uh, but you know, I, I and to me, it's really the only thing worth paying for that newspaper for. Yeah, but, I, I tell you, sorry. what's funny is is Christmas Day. My wife and I decided to take the dog for a walk. Right mm -hmm. now, there are a few people in the world that still get a print newspaper mm -hmm. one of which was two doors down from us so mm -hmm. we get there and there's wrapped up in like a cellophane type bag a, a, a chicago tribute i bet you it was 10 pages yeah, and she goes joke can, can you believe how small this is yep. I, I i just said i remember talking to molly years ago mm -hmm. saying, you know obviously within the last 20 years but probably 15 13 years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said, you know, the newspaper as we see it now, newspaper business as we see it now isn't going to be anything like that in another 10 years or so. And it's not. Yeah. Everything is digital. Yeah. I, in fact, they, 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 somebody did a radio show last week on it. Mm -hmm. Who gets it? Who, who even buys a newspaper anymore? My brother is the only one that I know, and and he still walks around with a transistor radio. <laughs> and I'm not. Does it work? <laughs> yes, we we were going into a government building once, and um, the uh, the security person stops him and says, "Empty your pockets," and he pulls out his transistor radio. And the I thought it was a freaking bomb. <laughs> He holds it up, the security guard, and says, hey, look, everybody, this guy's got a transistor radio. <laughs> There's the hell out of him. Uh, I finally bought him an iPhone so he could get with the times. Um, but back to football. Let's A lot of questions in the chat room, and I've been saving some of them, so we'll get to those momentarily. But I want okay. to just rewind a little bit to yesterday's game and talk about you mentioned already the effort was incredible. When I saw Darnell Mooney gain another 15 yards after the catch, when I saw David Montgomery with his yards after contact, when I saw just the fight of this team, I Don't was forget really to mention Komet. Thank you, Cole Komet too. There was it's a long list, you know. Uh, Robert Quinn continuing to fight into the fourth quarter to get that important sack. There was just uh, a play after play after play of these guys fighting, and so. Whenever we and I've done it, I've I've, I've wondered have these guys quit because they did something terribly on the field? The answer is no, they haven't quit. Jalen Johnson said half the room has quit. I I didn't see half. half no, that, I I think uh, you know it might have been a slip of the tongue by Jalen or whatever. I you know I don't know Jalen from a hole in the wall, but I I just don't see it. Yeah, me neither. 
you know, and, and, and there's some, you know, you go back to, to last week and, and Akeem Hicks couldn't play this week because he's got COVID. That poor guy gets hit with something every other week. But he, did you see that that guy's what, 33 years old now or something like that? Mm-hmm. See the enthusiasm he was, and yes, they lost, but the enthusiasm he was playing with, mm-hmm. it was like he was a 22-year-old rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, but he is a leader in that locker room. Mm-hmm. It's like Olin was a leader. And, and, you know, when you have strong leadership, veteran leadership in a locker room, you don't lose players unless those guys don't want the current people there, mm-hmm. you know, but these games, every, every game's on tape, every play's on tape. Mm. So they're, they're, if you got any pride yourself as a football player, mm-hmm. you're going to go all out because somebody's watching that tape. You're going to be, you know, in free agency or something or be on the waiver wire and they're going to do it judged on, on what they saw on that tape. And you know what? I'm going to look at the tape after the season's done mm-hmm. at, you know, at those types of games. Let's see what kind of effort this guy has. It's the same thing with the college draft. If you, you know, I want to see the effort from a guy who plays on a really poor team. Yeah. Yeah. Is he, is he still in game 10 game 11 playing mm-hmm. his ass off, even though that team's getting beat every week, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, you got a football player. Right. Robert Quinn said it in the post-game uh, press conference that he had. Is, is He said every player should know, you know, that their performance today, it could uh, answer the question, yes, the question being, are you going to be back here next season? Because if you've quit on this team, there's no way you're going to be back. So, right. um, I mean, that, that's greatly put. And as a fan of the Chicago Bears, I'm just really – grateful and proud that the team continues to fight. That is, you know, all we can ask at this point. We know where where the issues are. We know that we've got a developing quarterback. We know blah, 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 all the problems. Now, speaking of one of those problems, did Ryan Pace make a mistake in signing Andy Dalton to that $10 million deal? Shouldn't it have been Nick Foles and and Justin Fields? Uh, You know, it's a good question, and – you know, you're just backtracking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at at what the body of work that Andy Dalton put up last year for Dallas when he had a play, when Dak went down, mm-hmm. versus the body of work that, that Foles put up last year here, mm-hmm. you got a real simple answer. Okay, but, but Andy Dalton couldn't go yesterday, and Foles did go, and Foles came through. He played good. Mm-hmm. You know, now the one thing, and I don't know, part of it was the weather or the wind or what, but he doesn't have a whole lot of zip in that arm anymore. Yeah. And he used, you know, I was in Philly with, with Foles when he was a rookie mm-hmm. and that son of a gun had, had some, an arm to him. Mm-hmm. And you know, you compare his arm to Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It's like me throwing against Justin Fields. Yeah. I, I know- can't throw. You know, Greg, at the family fest scrimmage that they had at Soldier Field before the season started, I noted that very same thing about Foles' arm strength that looked so much less than Dalton and, and, and Fields. It was quite amazing. And perhaps that's one of the reasons why the Bears brought in Andy Dalton is they, they saw his arm strength is, isn't the same. I, I don't know. 
but you know, he's not that old. So, right. you know, why? The question I have is why, you know, and is, is he not doing what needs to be done to keep his arm strength up? Hell, you know, Tom Brady's getting ready to collect social security and that sucker can still sling it. <laughs> That's right. He does have a good arm. I saw some throws yesterday. And he's got as good. He's got a better arm today at 44 years old than he had as a rookie. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. You go back and look at the tape. That's a well. Do you think it's steroids? <laughs> no, but you learn how to. Everybody talks about his pitcher at, at, at the East West and at the Combine. You know, and, and it looked like the next time he goes into the weight room will be the first time he ever went into the weight room. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that was the world's – and I was there. The East-West game was in San Francisco. And when I tell you people were laughing. Really? They were actually laughing when he got up. And it's like, oh, Jesus. what What's this guy been doing the last four years of his life? <laughs> and and that's what – with that and, and the, you know, the – the um, Lloyd Carr was a coach at Michigan. Mm -hmm. You know, he had he had promised Drew Henson, who was a five-star recruit and a baseball player and a, and a football player, that he was going to get the starting job. He hadn't played a college game. That pissed off Brady mm -hmm. a lot. That's why, you know, Brady wouldn't go back to Michigan for years and years and years because of that. Yeah. You know, it's only been in recent years that, it, that, that they kissed and made up. I didn't and know. I don't know if they completely kissed and made up, but, you know, Lloyd Carr's long been gone but he got he got screwed over but still he didn't do anything to help himself as far as taking care of himself in the weight room mm -hmm. and a lot of times back then teams didn't require it for quarterbacks now look at a guy like like justin fields and some of these other guys they're put together now mm -hmm. you know and they didn't get they, they didn't come out of the womb looking like that yeah you know that they do a little bit of work they worked and, hard and there's different exercises that they can do to help increase the arm strength. Perfect example is, is Drew Brees did not have a very strong arm. And I guess he just said, you know, that, I guess they tried to talk him in out of retirement last week or the week before. And, you know, he said he's lost his arm because he hasn't worked on it. And, and I believe it because I was at Purdue Mm -hmm. his final year at Purdue, and he couldn't complete a 15. It was on a windy day, so that's why I was glad I was there. Mm. He couldn't complete a 15-yard out. He was short on every one. Mm. Um, a couple more questions regarding uh, what we saw yesterday. The, I guess one of the disappointing things for me is that some of the young players, some of the nucleus, future nucleus of this team weren't available or weren't on the field when we staged this dramatic comeback to win in Seattle, which is a tough place to win, even if you're playing against a bad Seahawks team, which they were. No, it's one of the harder places in the league to play. Right. And so um, did it surprise you that the Bears started Artie Burns and started Jermaine Afidi and made some other choices that weren't dedicated towards player development uh, and instead were dedicated perhaps to just getting a win? Well, let's start on the offensive line. The, the plan was Afidi, I know some people don't like him. The guy's a good football player. 
Mm-hmm. He's graded out well. He's played well. He and Borum did play well as his replacement. There's no question. You know, it was supposed to be Tevin Jenkins and Afidi playing yesterday. So your question was going to be answered correctly there. You had a young guy, developmental guy. Something happened to, in that Bears first series. I rewatched it just an hour ago. Yeah. I didn't see I didn't see a thing, Me but neither. he did something to his shoulder. Hmm. And, you know, the last play in that series was pass protection, and he had hmm. a good punch. You know, whether he's got a little muscle strain in there, um, you know, who knows? They said they don't have an answer yet. I'm sure they'll, you know, they might by now, but hmm. they didn't when he did his, his presser at 11 or 12 o'clock. Right. Um, because you know they'll do an MRI and, and they got to get the results of that back and uh, the doctor's going to look at it and I already you know they got to go down to Glenview for that and or the doctors can come into the into the building mm-hmm. one or the other but you know it, it, it's um, you know what does that mean going forward for the final two games well mm-hmm. I'll tell you Borum then came in and he's been practicing on the right side he has to come in on the left side and play, got beat once, mm-hmm. semi-beat another time, but all told, not not that bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought Jenkins did okay in that first series. But then somehow, you know, we got some mysterious ailment. But uh, Thomas Graham was playing in a rotation, so he got snaps. Mm-hmm. Don't forget he's only played one freaking game since, you know, it's a good point. And that was, you know, last year. But Das Ferguson caught a pass, mm-hmm. returned a kick. You know, had – so I, I, I don't – what I'm saying is I don't know if I can agree with that saying that they weren't playing these guys. And on top of that, you got to keep the locker room happy. And those veterans want to play with the best guys. That is very, very important point. Yes. You know, and, and so they're, they're, you got to earn – you earn your – your right to play. Mm-hmm. But I think there was a combination of the two. Um, you know, Tonga was playing mm-hmm. a lot and he had been out. And mm-hmm. I guess today they said, what, there's four or five guys coming back from COVID today. Yeah. All of a sudden and, and nobody, think- and nobody went back on. I tell you, they, uh, I think they're going to smoke the giants and that's my old team. And I got a soft spot. I, I am with you. I was on record as saying I didn't think the Bears were going to win another game uh, this season. This was two, three yeah, weeks they ago. Won, they should have won last week. They should have. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. They did win yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's either going to be Jake Fromm or, or Mike Glennon, a quarterback. That's, you know, that's like dumb and dumber. Um <laughs> <laughs> Jake, Jake, it, and I'll tell you what, if, if, if it's Jake Fromm and Justin Fields is playing, mm-hmm. watch out. Do you, it's possible, though, that Mike Glennon is going to come in here and, and get killed. <laughs> well, also that he might have that revenge game. As, as oh, my ass. Like, I couldn't get – let me tell you something. You okay. and I can line up on the defensive line, and, and we could get pressures and sacks. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because he can't move. Yeah, he's awful. He really is. Well, and that's a different story. I it, it, I think it was, yeah, Brad Biggs, again, noted the quarterbacks that 
uh, Ryan Pace has invested millions of dollars into, like $52 million over the last six seasons on guys who were going to come in here to be the starter, temporary starter, and Chase Daniels. So that's a lot of money wasted on uh, veteran quarterbacks. Uh, but uh, that's I, I want to talk about that in depth on, on a future show. No, but I, I, I'm going to say this, because I, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. Okay, next year you know Justin Fields – assuming he's healthy, is going to be this starting quarterback, mm -hmm. right? Right. Okay, who's going to be your backup? Is he currently on the roster, or are they going to bring in somebody else? They should bring in. I'm going to say he's going to be currently on the roster. Yes. Whether it's Nick Foles or Andy Dalton. Now, Dalton may say, hey, I want a chance to compete. Yes. You know, so, but Foles, I think, has a little bit of a different mindset. But you take in the fact this guy has gotten very little reps all year since pre since preseason he got reps because he played in the preseason. Mm -hmm. Since then, he's getting the third team reps. And not all of them. <laughs> right. No, let me tell you something. The third team doesn't get any reps. It's all here. It's mental yeah. reps. Yeah. Okay. Now he could be, you know, the early on they they were gonna have Justin Fields be the scout team quarterback. Well, that's not the case anymore. So Nick Foles could be, the, and especially with, with Dalton down with COVID and stuff that, you know, Nick had to be in that role, but just for him basically have one week of preparation to come in, go across the country, mm -hmm. play in snow mm -hmm. at a tough environment and win. Mm-hmm. That's what you get a backup for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I would not be upset if Nick Foles was the backup quarterback next year. He's under contract, so you don't now have to spend a millions of dollars to acquire another quarterback and still have the same problem of paying three quarterbacks. You can allocate the, those dollars to another position that would make sense, and then you bring in a developmental quarterback. You know, there's been teams who have won with Trevor Simeon types, and so look for that developmental quarterback. Well, that guy, your your third quarterback theoretically should be the practice squad quarterback because you can always bring him up. Okay. And, you know, and I think going forward, and I'm throwing a dart at the wall here, mm -hmm. that because we've been through two seasons now of this COVID thing and, and you've had larger practice squads and you could juggle guys around and, and – Let's face it, COVID is here forever. Mm -hmm. Okay, it, it it it's part of life. I I think they're going to have a total handle on it, and I I think the news me. Okay, here comes my political announcement. I think the news media is making a way too big a deal over this Omicron or whatever the hell it is because it's really a mild strain. It's not a it's not a killer like the original COVID was, and and. Uh, in fact, they basically eradicated it in South Africa where it started. Mm -hmm. So, but neither here nor there to get off of that topic. Still, I think the rules, the game day rules, where you can bring guys on and off the practice squad mm -hmm. and bring them up. I wouldn't be a bit, I, I haven't seen any abuse. And, and that was one of the main reasons they had some of that stuff because they didn't want teams hiding people. And I, I, I think that um, it's worked pretty well. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's here to stay. 
I'm glad. I'm glad. I like. I it. mean, that's my own personal opinion. Sure. It, you know, it, it, it's it's like, you know, the government get institutes a new tax. Do they ever take it away? Mm -hmm. Never. <laughs> we don't need that. Man. Yeah. They, they, when I was a kid, they built these bridges and they put tolls on them in, in, in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Uh, these these the tolls are going to be here for 15 years to pay for. <laughs> To pay for the bridge. Okay. Yeah. All right. Guess what? It's 60 years later. Those frickers' tolls are still there. That's right. And they're not producing any jobs anymore because those people who were collecting the toll and now out of work is all automated. All automated. Everything. So. You know, so now it's a real cash money maker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and they, they never get ready. So, you know, using that same thought process, I, I, there might be some little changes, but I think it's going to be very, very similar to what we've had the last two years. Okay, interesting. All right, I want to get to some of these questions I have. Been, there's a new feature here on StreamYard that allows me to bookmark questions, and uh, and so this is kind of cool. I can put up a question that was asked uh, an, uh, 30 minutes ago when we started the show. So I'll start with Aaron, the Bearded Bears fan, Aaron Kurt, my buddy. He says, is John Harbaugh out in Baltimore and Tomlin out in Pittsburgh? Have you heard anything uh, regarding that? I would say no and no. Yeah, that seems hard to believe. I mean, after Tomlin has had, first of all, that's not Pittsburgh's way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's had, and you know, since I've been in the league, three coaches: Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, and, and Tom. That's right. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the way they do things. And, and and Kevin Colbert has been the GM. Forgot. I mean, he didn't have the GM title until say the last 10, 12, 13 years or something like that. But he was the GM. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily named for the you know the last twenty years anyway nineteen years, and Kevin and I are the same age. Kevin might be a year younger. There's other people in the league that think Kevin may step down for the same reason we were saying with Pete Carroll. He's going to have to get a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Why go through all that? You know the the BS and unless he sticks around, you know to to make sure they get the right quarterback via trade or, or, or whatever. Um, you know, it, they're going to be drafted in the middle of the first round. And, and so then you're going to have to give up a lot. I, you know, m maybe they're in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Maybe they're in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes, mm -hmm. you know, who knows, mm -hmm. but it, you know, as far as a class organization run by class people, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the best. Yeah. And, and uh, no, I don't see Mike Tomlin going anywhere. Kevin could step down. And I've heard if that's the case, they already got a guy ready to move right up, mm. you know, who's been there for a while. Um, Harbaugh, Harbaugh is too damn good a coach. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it would be, and, and they haven't had their their quarterback for about half the season. Right. It would be criminal to let any of those two guys they, go. In my yeah, opinion. they've they've had. Yeah, I mean, they're they're run by quality people, mm -hmm. and you know, fans think short term. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not criticizing fans, but that that you know, it's what have you done for me lately? Oh, Harbaugh, he can't coach anymore. We need somebody else. 
Well, you know what? Until you sit in the building and watch what they do, you know, it, it you don't know. Yep. I agree. I mean, it's it's like the temperature goes up and down every week. You know, I love this guy. I hate this guy. I love this guy. And they're talking about the same person. <laughs> anyway, um, the factor has an outstanding question here. He says, Greg, what has this Bears organization done wrong the last 30 years that has made them a bad organization and football team? What can they do differently moving forward to be better? Okay, Mr. Factor, what was wrong with the team from 2001 to 2010? Went to the Super Bowl. That's nothing bad. <laughs> four, four, four playoff teams, three division titles. I got the division title ball sitting right over here. Um, you know, so what did we do wrong there? It's it's been Jerry was let go after the 2010 season, the day after the 2010 season, and so. The last 10 years, it hasn't been that good. Mm -hmm. But they still got to the playoffs twice. You know, people say, oh, they backed in last year. Hey, do you know how many other teams would have loved to have backed in? They got in the playoffs. You get in the playoffs, you, you got a chance. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so let me, uh, let me offer this as a follow-up, and it's actually from Chris Watts. Says, what's the main difference between how Pittsburgh is run compared to the Bears? They don't make any changes. So, Continuity. But you got to bring in the right head coach. You're not you're not advocating that Matt Nagy stick around, right? No, but that's that has been the secret of the Pittsburgh success is continuity. Gotcha. They gotcha. they work through the bad years. Mm -hmm. They don't make rash decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, Kevin hasn't had a good draft every year. He hasn't always made, hey, one of his first-round picks is playing corner for us. Mm -hmm. And Bur Artie Burns. Mm -hmm. You know, he's made mistakes. And Tomlin's had a couple bad seasons. Mm -hmm. Got a good quarterback, though. Or for the most part of his career, he's had a pretty good quarterback in which to work with. And, th and that's part of the answer right there. Now, will Pittsburgh be as strong going forward without having that, that quarterback? I don't think, you know, I, uh, Mason Rudolph is, is the number one backup there. You know, I, I like Mason Rudolph coming back, but I think Mason Rudolph is a backup. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, I, I, he's For not sure. going to, he's not, he's not going to get you into the playoffs. Nope. So they got to go out and get somebody else. And that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. You know, they we, they were able to draft Roethlisberger. Are they going to be able to draft anybody this year mm -hmm. that, that can play like he can? Probably not. <clears throat> you know, so then it's the veteran route. Okay, and if you get Russell Wilson, what do you – okay, you're buying him for what, five years, six years? Mm -hmm. Maybe seven? Yeah, and then you got then you got to do it again. But again, the Pittsburgh thing has been the stability within the the franchise. People, it's like when I worked for the Giants, you never got fired. You know, I'd I'd, I'd still be working there. I might be in a wheelchair, but I'd still be working. You know, if I hadn't left and taken the job here, 
That's funny. You know, but <laughs> I mean, that's we had a couple guys uh, give you a, a bear's name from the way long ago. Ken Cavanaugh. Do you remember that name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Ken was a Ken was a scout with us until he was freaking ninety years old. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> and he, you know he'd, he'd drink a bottle of bourbon and a um, <laughs> and smoke cigarettes and chew cigars all day. And Tucker was the healthiest guy on earth. <laughs> all right, let's move on to our next question here. This is Bear Truth Nine. One of the things I like in Ryan Pace is I have confidence, and he he will get the deal done on players he really wants. So he seems good in negotiating. That is a quality about Ryan Pace that a lot of people should respect. If he's targeted somebody in the draft, or perhaps even free, he agent, doesn't do that. Let's clear up something, please. He's not doing the negotiating. Okay, the cap guy is. Okay. So he, okay. he he says I want this player, can we work it out money wise? Um yeah, and then but and there's now you, you talk to agents and there's some agents that get along fine and and Cliff Stein was the cap guy when I was there and he's the corporate counsel now. Mm -hmm. And you won't find a person in the league that'll ever say a bad thing about Cliff Stein. Mhm. Mm and, and when he was negotiating contracts, Cliff was tough, but very, very fair. Mm -hmm. And every agent really respected him. Now, the the guy they got now, you know, from what I'm told, he can be a little brash. And there's some agents that just don't care for him. Mm -hmm. But he's, um, you know, they, they've got some deals done. I know that, that Ryan Pace is, seems to have... And, and I'm throwing, I, I, I use the term throwing a dart at the walls because I'm not, you know, you're not there, mm -hmm. but he seems to run the cap, the, uh, you know, the, in the Mickey Loomis school of cap play. And, and, and you're doing a lot of credit card spending on oh. that. You're renegotiating and trying to create money now. And it's, it, it does come back to bite you in the ass. Yes, it does. And, um, you know, they're going to have what 25 more million right off the bat. Mm -hmm. You're going to get, uh, or 20 or 25 million right off the bat. You're, you're not going to have a Rob. So that's another 18 million. And you know, you're probably not going to have Hicks and there's what's he getting 10 million or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you're going to have just those two players and the added cap space can get you a bunch of players, mm -hmm. but you're still got, you know, you're going to have to take care of some other guys. And um, I think you're going to have to reach some guys are going to have to get some haircuts. Um, <laughs> you know, it is I, one of the deals I don't think they should have done when you look back and, and, and looking back means nothing. Cause you, 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 you know, sure. Danny Trevathan doesn't look like it was a wise decision. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but how are they going to get out from under it? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and look at, uh, and, unless you somehow restructure his deal and he takes a haircut and he, and you don't get killed on the cap yet, he stays on the team. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've said this and, and I say it in my little side job when I get, got to go through certain things, but mm -hmm. If, if you're, if you're getting $8 million or $5 million or $10 million, you got to give that back 
to the team in production. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're giving a guy 5 million and he's giving a million dollars of production back to you, you're overpaying him and he's got to go or you got to fix it somehow. Mm -hmm. And that that's the only way you can do it. And, and so uh, you become expendable then. What do you think about what H777 says here? He says, Angelo was much better. Jerry Angelo, the former Bears general manager, was much better with contracts. I know some people hate Jerry Angelo, but I don't like Pace's spending habits. They had two different philosophies in terms of how to manage. Well, we didn't have as much money. We didn't have as much money to work with as they had. Mm -hmm. I mean, the cap goes up every year. Right. You know, so, um, but we had one of the all time great negotiators. Oh, what was his name? Cliff Stein. Cliff Stein. Yes. You just and, and Cliff is still there. Okay. And you know, Cliff got deals done. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and I remember there's um, Devin Hester, you know, Eugene Parker had him. Mm -hmm. May he rest in peace. And Eugene drove a tough bargain, but we got the deal done. Mm -hmm. And it was a fair deal for everybody involved. Mm hmm. You know, but, you know, you just, you keep working at it. You, there's, I'll tell you, going into my storytelling again, but when I worked for the Giants and you, you, the, the teams had more control over things than they have now because there was no free agency when I started there, mm -hmm. none whatsoever. And then, the, the agent was the enemy, mm -hmm. at, least, at least to the Giants. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, you, you treated them almost as such, you know. And, and when I came here and I had worked with Jerry in New York for three or four years and then he went to Tampa. Mm -hmm. But the game was starting to change. And when he was in Tampa is when free agents, first we had plan B, remember plan B? Yep. And we had plan B and then, and then we got into full-fledged free agency. But you had to change your attitude or philosophy towards the agent world. Mm -hmm. And they can't be your adversary. They have to be your partner. Mm -hmm. And if you can develop good relationships with a bunch of the key guys, then that's going to pay off, especially when you, you know, want to get a contract done, you want a player. Um, you know, there's a few agents that we dealt with. They always did us a favor. Mm -hmm. We needed it. Always. And some of these guys are, are, you know, considered, you know, tough agents or whatever, because, you know, you, again, the way you treat them, they are, they, in order to have success in this league, you have to have a good relationship with the agents. Yeah, absolutely. That is a given. And, and, and we, when I tell you, I spent a good part of my week, I won't say day, but I'll say week, just calling agents and talking to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not lying. And let me tell you, Christmas, it paid off. I got a boatload full of sub now. <laughs> nice. Now, <laughs> I missed that part. 
<laughs> sort of like a payola, maybe. <laughs> you know, they were IMG at the time. Now they're CAA. They might have been. You know what? They might have been CAA for this, but Tom Condon and Fuzzy Kramer and Fuzzy's retired. Mm -hmm. They sent me a personalized bottle of Maker's Mark. You ever had Maker's Mark um, bourbon? Um, I got an empty bottle right here. <laughs> well, you know how they, they got... <laughs> Yeah, okay, but you know how they've got like the candle wax at the top? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> okay, well, you know, put up the bottle there. So it had a special color of the candle wax, yeah. And then on the wow. label itself, mm -hmm. specially made for Greg Gabriel Chicago Bears. Wow, what? Hey, honey! <laughs> <laughs> she messed up this Christmas. <laughs> All right, let's get to some of these other questions. Um our resident Detroit Lions fan, Don Burr, says, ask Greg his thoughts on John Dorsey and Dom Capers, even though they're in Detroit's front office. I think he's wondering, do you think these guys are guys that the Chicago Bears might be interested in? Um, I've known John forever. Mm -hmm. um, knew him when he was a player. You know, coming out of the University of Connecticut, he was a linebacker. Mm -hmm. um, went to Japan with John. Remember the old Japan Bowl? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So was cool stadium. My former, uh, my former wife and John and his former wife, we were there. I got a picture; it might be in my drawer behind me. We were at a um, one of the sumo wrestler stables, mm -hmm. and you know, we spent like the day there. And I'll tell you that I mean that's a show in itself. Just talking about the stuff that goes on there, but you know, you know the the whole. Ideal, ideal. I can't even say that word. <laughs> Ideology of, of of what goes on, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in sumo wrestling. But there's a picture. It was in the the uh, the Japanese sports paper of Dorsey and I watching the sumo wrestlers uh, work out. And but John is a not a good evaluator. He's a great evaluator. Mm. Uh, the cons are, and that's why he was let go. And, and, and John, let's, you know, go back. John was at Green Bay for a long time. And that was his, that's where he met Andy Reid. Andy Reid was the offensive line coach. Mm -hmm. And so they, and they remained close friends, you know, while, while Andy was in Philadelphia and John was in Seattle and back at Green Bay. So, and Andy gets the gig at, at, Kansas City, he brings in John as his uh, GM, and mm -hmm. it didn't work. And they had been friends because I guess, you know, John can be brash. Oh, really? And he's going to do things his way. Mm -hmm. And it just, I, I, what I've been told, and I can't, you know, I wasn't there, is that like his communication with ownership and stuff wasn't the best. Mm. And, you know, since then he then gets the gig at Cleveland mm -hmm. and he wasn't there that long and he gets let go there. Yeah. That so was um, it has nothing to do with his ability to evaluate, but is he stubborn and I'm right? Yeah. 
You know, you could say that. Uh, Don Capers, I mean, that you know, they'd be like hiring me. You're hiring a real old guy. Um, <laughs> you have better hair, by the way. <laughs> the, and I guarantee I'm in better shape. The, um, I got my workout in today. Good. But, but you know, he, you know, he, he got... They got rid of Capers. Mike McCarthy got rid of uh, Capers up in Green Bay. Then, you know, the Petten was the DC, and you know now they got another guy. You know, whether what what's what's Capers doing in Detroit anyway? Is he like a? He's not the DC, is he? I don't think so. I can't hear you, Aldo. I lost you. I think he's just an advisor to the team. Okay, okay. Advisor to the coaching staff? Yeah. Okay. Um, and and that's what Dorsey was originally hired for. I, I don't, you know, I think he's full-time, though. I don't think he's a, a consultant. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he knew some of the people involved. And he probably knew Spielman, because Spielman's there now. And... Um, Chris Spielman, not Rick. Rick's in, in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I like John a lot. He's a good guy, but is he the uh, the best guy for this job? Probably not. Don corrected me. Capers is uh, there to help Aaron Glenn as the defensive coordinator. Okay, well, it's like Mike Pettin. Mm -hmm. Same uh, thing. By the way, you got to vote for uh, Bears president uh, from Jamal Lewis. Thank you, Jamal, for that. We'll get back to our questions here. Okay, well, I got one vote. I'm good. <laughs> you got to start with one. <laughs> you got a second one for me, by the way. Okay. Uh, when we were, when you mentioned earlier about evaluating tape at the end of the season, uh, PZ asked, when you look at tape at the end of the season, do you start from game one or game 17 or somewhere specific? I think that's a good question because – do you, if you look at it from the beginning of the season, you, you kind of can see a storyline there, but uh, perhaps some people do it differently. What are your thoughts? You know, I, I, it, it's really going to get down to the guy who's doing it, Different watching stuff. the tape, and he's got his own way of doing things. Right. That that I am personally going to look for the best matchups mm. first. You're not going to look at 17 games. Okay. Except maybe for a quarterback or something, you know? Okay. And, and you're not going to look at a highlight tape either because you got to have the lowlights. Absolutely. But personally, I would like, if I'm going to look at a, a college player, the first thing, I, and, and say it's right now, the mm -hmm. season's over except for the bowl games. Mm -hmm. I, I want to look for the best matchups first. Mm -hmm. Who did he play against? Say if it's a lineman, offensive lineman or defensive lineman. Mm -hmm. Who were the best people he went against? And I'm going to look at those games first. Mm -hmm. Then I want to see a game where they got their asses kicked to see how he played in a game like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Mustafer is a perfect example of that. He's had some average, maybe a little bit better average game against a couple of top flight interior defensive lineman, and then he's had below average games against guys who are, to me anyway, no names. I mean, yesterday he had a kind of a tough game against Seattle. I saw him being pushed back into foes uh, in the pocket a number of times, 
But he he's a guy, you know, I, I, are you in agreement with a lot of fans that the Bears need a new center next season? Well, I mean, you know, Mustafer can start in the league, but is he a quality starter? So far, no. yeah. Okay, and, and I, I've given this some thought, thinking, okay, how are they going to have this line? Is it going to be, you know, Borum and, and, and Tevin Jenkins are going to be the tackles? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things you might do is, is put Daniels back at center, where he's drafted to be. Now, a, a lot of this is going to be, okay, who's the offensive line coach and who's the head coach and everything else and how they want to work it and what's, the, what's your blocking scheme going to be. Um, but it, let, let's assume that they move uh, – Daniel's back to center. Right. Okay. And then, so now you got an opening at right guard. Okay. Who are you going to put there? Well, you could bring back a Fetty, keep him a right tackle, and you can put Borum at right guard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of guards in this league that were tackles when they oh, were, yeah. when they were drafted. Yep. Um, you know, you want to get your best five guys out there, theoretically your best five, but you know, there's only a few people that could play the center. And, Daniels directs traffic anyway. If you watch him during the game, he's he's the he's doing a lot of stuff that the center does. You see him stand up a lot and point mm-hmm. things out. He's that's what the center does mm-hmm. usually. So he's already got that role. Mm-hmm. So you know why not? And you look at his body. I mean, you ever see his ass? It's, it's this freaking big. The size okay. of an SUV. <laughs> yeah, you, and, and uh, you know, I saw a thing. They they usually list him at around three twelve, and I saw a thing just recently. No, he's three thirty. Yeah, his ass three twelve. <laughs> I I I personally, because of the the big mammoths that you got sometimes playing on the nose or at the one technique. I want a big guy that can stay low and and get some movement with those big guys and you know somebody whose power and your power comes from your lower body. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not don't don't tell me you know oh you can bench press thirty reps so what if he doesn't have a strong hips mm-hmm. he doesn't have any power. Right, you know, a strong butt, and that guy, you know, Jerry Reese would call him. He's a seat smasher. Yeah, he's a, you know, he's got that big butt, and and you know, there's a lot of power in there. Yeah. So, and and he played center most of his career at Iowa. So that's what I do. Now, who's going to be your right guard? And your right, you could put Bars there. Mm-hmm. But is Bars? A starter or is he a good backup that can do a lot of things? Yeah, I, I like bars at that as that versatile guy who can put in anywhere. He gives you a couple of good quarters, um, at least. Um, all right, let's move on to our next question here. The factor asks: Do you believe that Matt Nagy has helped develop Justin Fields this season? And I keep going back to a lot of people leave John DeFilippo outside the equation of developing Justin Fields. DeFilippo is the quarterback coach, and there's been a lot of speculation that, you know, it would be perhaps not real smart if you are getting a head coach next season that DeFilippo should probably stay and continue the development of Fields. Your thoughts, please. Well, yeah, I, I, and I'm throwing a dart at the, at the wall here. Mm-hmm. 
again, not knowing. You got three quarterback gurus in that building. The head coach, the OC, and the quarterback coach. <laughs> and so, Maybe. yeah, they all, but it, it, is there too much going in to a guy's ear? It's a great point. Okay. And, and I don't have the answer. I'm just, <laughs> you know, saying that there's, you know, Flip's got a good resume. I've never worked with Flip, so I can't tell you what I've seen, but I know people regard him highly. Um, so would he be a candidate to stay? Well, that's going to, you know, who's the coach going to be? Mm-hmm. And what's the relationship with that coach? Mm-hmm. And um, I'll tell you who I, I wouldn't mind seeing as an offensive coordinator. If they bring in a new coach mm-hmm. and then, then, then that coach has, to, you know, let's say Todd Bowles or something like that. Okay. I'll tell you a name I'd want it. Offensive coordinator, right mm-hmm. off the bat, mm-hmm. is, is Pat Hamilton. Somebody who you you've known for years, right? Yeah, worked with him twice, and and first of all, you know who's the quarterback coach with the L.A. Chargers last year when Herbert was setting rookie records? Mm-hmm. I think it was some guy named Pat Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Okay, then he goes to Houston this year because that staff got fired out in LA and he's not going to have one of the best quarterbacks in the game into Sean Watson. And that's one of the reasons he went there, mm-hmm. you know, because the shit hit the fan, you know, after he took the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's had to play musical chairs right now. He's got that rookie from Stanford playing pretty damn good football. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. You know, and, and I know Pep's offense. Mm-hmm. He um, he's been an OC in the league. He's been an OC in college. He's been a quarterback coach in the league for several teams, and he was a head coach in the XFL. Mm-hmm. He's highly respected, and he said, "Now, how about this? He stepped down from his job as OC at Michigan mm-hmm. to become an XFL head coach, and part of it was, you know, he he was." Andrew Luck's coach at Stanford. And then he was Andrew Luck's coach with the Colts at the beginning. He was the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach at the, at the, you know, first, what, four years of of Andrew's career. Mm. So he, he had a very, very good relationship with Andrew's dad, Oliver Luck, who was the commissioner of the XFL. And it was Oliver who came to Pep to, you know, be a head coach. And because of that relationship, Pep left Michigan. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, and, and, you know, looking back, was it a wise move? You know, maybe not, but he wanted, he wanted to be that head coach. And he, shit, he's had got plenty of money that it's not like you were making millions working in the XFL because you weren't, but you know, <laughs> had it succeeded. If, if COVID hadn't come around, we'd still be playing right now. And, or getting, you know, we'd be getting ready for the, our third season right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he'd still be the head coach and that that's, that's what he wanted. You know, he went to school in DC and our franchise is in DC. So he had a lot of connections there. Cool. Yeah. You know, so, but that, that's a guy, I, I, it, it wouldn't take me too long to pick up the phone and, 
And being that he's a quarterback coach, now they wouldn't be, they wouldn't have to let him go mm-hmm. because theoretically, uh, even though you're a coordinator, it's not necessarily uh, uh, an upward move. Mm-hmm. They might have changed the designation just in the last couple of years, but it used to be, you know, they if you were going to get interviewed for a court for a coordinator's job, the team did not have to let you go. Right. But you know, Pep's a minority candidate. He he's got a great resume. Yeah. I I I hire him in a second and a half. Um Bear Truth Nine asked a question, does Pep have connections with Todd Bowles? I don't know that. I I really don't know that. I um because you know both of those guys very well. Yeah, I know Pep better than I know Todd, mm-hmm. but I've I I've known Todd longer, but I you know I've got a a multi-year working agreement with with Pep. Mm-hmm. And um you know, I, I I think the world of Pep. So so you wouldn't be adverse to let's say you were in that position of of hiring the next coach, you wouldn't be adverse to a Todd Bowles Pep Hamilton combination. Hell no. Yeah. And uh Aaron the bearded bears fan says that sounds great. Uh Greg, what head coach would bring Pep Hamilton over? You think there's somebody who would automatically well, I, I mean that that it it's a lot of its relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I know of one name because I'm I'm close with Todd's agent. I know of one name that's on his list for the OC. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I I sent him a, a text yesterday. I said, you know, Tony, we haven't discussed this, but this is the name you should be looking at because I just didn't wasn't thinking about it the last time we talked, and that was Pep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Uh, but I know another name that that it, it's an intriguing name, mm-hmm. and I and I don't know who the other people are. Okay, you know, so I mean, I I don't know who the names are. Not that mm-hmm. I don't know them, I might know them. I just don't know who the names are. Okay, all right. Uh, other questions we have here. Um, uh, J Rock wants to know: Is Greg Roman ready to be a head coach? They scored a lot of points without Lamar Jackson. You know. It's a it's a interesting question, and let's go back about nine years. He was the hot name. Yeah, he was at San Francisco under Harbaugh, mm-hmm. and he had Colin Kaepernick at quarterback, and that was the name, you know. And didn't get a job. Why he didn't get a job, I have no idea. But then he goes to Buffalo. He didn't do too well. He goes someplace else. Didn't do too well. And now he's at Baltimore and he's doing well. Well, what's part of that? He's got a pretty good quarterback. You know, they they, they kind of go hand in hand. When you got lousy players, you're not as good a coach as when you got good players. Um, <laughs> does he deserve a chance? He deserves to be interviewed. I don't know the man, so I can't say yay or nay, but you know, his career has been up and down though. It's not it's hot now and it was hot nine, 10 years ago, but in between, not anywhere close. And he's been let go, you know, in between. Not like, you know, so that, that's why you can't always go with the, the so-called hot names. Yeah. 
because the media doesn't know. Yeah. It is. It is true. I mean, you know, the Bears have hired some hot names too, like Mac Nagy, and you know, I, I won't name all the names, but uh, it hasn't always worked out. So, it is not a science. That is for sure. Um, other questions for you, uh, Winston Robbins wanted to know your thoughts about Angelo Blackson, the interior defensive lineman that the Bears acquired at the beginning of the season from the Arizona Cardinals. He's had uh, a number of snaps with this team. What do you? How do you evaluate uh, the big guy's play? And do you think that perhaps he's a building block for 2022 and maybe beyond? He's a good rotational player. He's good in the role that he plays. Mm-hmm. And on on. In today's NFL game, you're trying to play with five or six defensive linemen every game and interior defensive linemen. Yeah. And he plays that role, has mm-hmm. to play more some weeks than, than in other weeks because of injuries. But he's a, that, that's what he is. He's a good, he's a role player. You win. Remember, I said you win because of or you win with. Mm-hmm. You win with guys like him. You don't win because of it. Now, I'm not saying that as a negative. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's I, never gonna. He's never gonna go to the Pro Bowl. Right. He's gonna give you a, an honest day's work. He's gonna bring his lunch, and he's gonna he, he's gonna make his opponent work. Yeah. You know, I you need guys like him on your team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally with you there. Um, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. Right, right. J-Rock wants to know, and I think this is a great question too, why do the Packers get so much production from their offensive line? And, I mean, they've got backups, they got rookies, they've had so many injuries, and yet over and over again it seems like they're getting good production out of the offensive line. Your thoughts? Because they got a quarterback gets the ball out of his hand in about a tenth of a second. <laughs> and can avoid the pressure. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, he, he 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 he's seen everything that could be possibly thrown at him, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, and um, he knows what to expect every time he comes up to the line of scrimmage. You aren't going to fool him. Mm-hmm. And his release is lightning quick. He gets the ball out of his hand. You don't, you know, you don't get, get very few shots at him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris Watts wants to know what you think about the Bears potentially being sold. Can you see that in any way? Not going to happen. Not Why? in my lifetime. Why? Because the, the, it's it's the family business. What about when Virginia passes? Do you think the team would entertain a bit? I no, because I think they've already stated that publicly mm-hmm. now could there be and, and and i guarantee you this is already taken care of mm-hmm. you know the, the, there's already when virginia passes the the, the um who is being going to become the the spokesman and it's probably going to be george still you know because it, you know we'll go to the eldest and michael's not around anymore Mm-hmm. Um, and for all intents and purposes, George is the owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, could there be some of those kids that want to cash in? The, yeah, that could very well be. But, you know, I would think that if you had real good estate planning go- going on, that that would be taken care of. You know, the, the, that those scenarios have already been worked out so that when she does pass, 
It's not something you have to think about then. It's already been thought out and worked out, and you know it's going to happen. I think 777 uh, has nailed it. Why would they sell? They have all the money and it continues to appreciate. I mean, it's yeah. the goose that's laying golden eggs. It's, it's and, and, and it's going to grow more. Right. Exactly. I mean, do you know what that the value of that team's going to be after that new stadium gets built? Mm-hmm. And they're going to probably own the stadium, unless you're going to own part of it because you know you're a citizen of Arlington Heights. I'm going to uh, be selling parking space in front of the house. That's for sure. You know, well, that's a long walk from your house to where the Arlington well, I got the service too. Hundred. You got what? The bus service. I got a mini bus ready to roll. Take you to the game. <laughs> yeah, you know, they just spent two years fixing Lake Cook Road. They're going to be doing it again. <laughs> you know that's going to happen, don't you? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, yes. All right, so, I got a couple more for here for you. Go ahead and please finish your thought. No, but I I, um, well, I forgot what the damn question was. Um, I forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll pop back into our mind. Let me have you entertain uh, this thought. Uh, Laz, when you were talking about the New York Giants, Laz offered up, what happened to the G-men, Greg? <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. And you know, I love all the people there. there there's a theory. I, I've had a couple reporters from two different New York papers call me in last week for articles. And I said, well, I'll talk, but don't use my name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I mean, there's some people, some theories mm-hmm. that, the GM, and this goes back to when Jerry Reese was the GM and now with Gettleman, mm-hmm. that they are the GM, but they don't have all the control that the GM has mm-hmm. because, you know, some of the Maras are ultra involved. Now, I, you know, I had a very good working relationship with Chris Mara. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chris was a scout when I was a scout. He did, you know, there was no... Chris would, would, would say, Hey, I know I'm a member of the lucky sperm country club (laughs) and I appreciate it. But he said, but at the same time, he, you know, he started scouting as soon as he got done with college Mm -hmm. and has been scouting ever since. And he is a very, very good evaluator. But when you're in that role of, you know, so is he qualified to be the GM? Absolutely. Okay. Probably be a real good one. But do you want somebody with the name Mara being the GM? No. You know, because right now, as an owner and his brother gets the gets all the BS for being the owner when they're all pretty much equal part owners. Interesting. Okay. Um which would be the same thing with the McCaskies, you know, I mean, like the voting rights, I might have to give my voting rights to you, mm-hmm. but you and I both are say 10% partners. Do you follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that's how these things work with these, with these families and, and both the McCaskey families and the, um, and the Mara families are prolific Irish Catholic families that mm-hmm. got a lot of kids. So the, there is a name. He's a Mara, but his last name isn't Mara. Okay. 
and he is the director of player personnel right now. And he was at Notre Dame for a long time. Charlie Rice brought him to Notre Dame. He's been back in the family business now for four or five years. He's a director of player personnel. Mm-hmm. His name is Tim McDonald. Okay. Okay. Well, Tim's a mayor because his mother's a mayor. And that's why he doesn't have gotcha. a, a, you know, a mayor last name. Right. So, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's part of the family. But he doesn't have that last name. Do you want him in that role? And and what people are struggling with in the New York area now is they say, well, they always elevate from within. Um, well, they've had success elevating from within. Now, like you know, George Young was there when I was there. Then er, um, Ernie Corsi was brought in, knowing that George was only going to work a few more years. Mm-hmm. So Ernie worked two years as the assistant GM really to know the the giant way of doing things. Right. Okay. You know, and 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 learning. And then Jerry Reese got hired when I was there, um, worked his way up, and then a year or maybe two years after two years after I came here, he got uh elevated to director of player personnel and then finally general manager. Um, was he the right guy? You know, some, he, he won two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. But when you look at his overall drafting, it, it wasn't that good. Dave Gettleman came when uh, Dave originally started with the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And that's what I met. He was living in Buffalo. And then he was with Denver for a long time. And then we hired him as the assistant director of pro scouting, knowing Timmy Rooney was going to retire. And they spent one year as the assistant and then he got elevated to the director of player person, or rather the director of pro scouting, and then got the job, you know, was in that role for, I don't know, four or five years or whatever, mm-hmm. then got the GM job down in, in, um, in Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, had a falling out with the, and it really had, I don't think it had anything to do with the, the record with the owner who, and that owner was, you know, he's, he's gone now, but he was brash to say the least. Um, so then Dave got brought back to New York. They knew him. So they, you know, the fans and the media want them to bring in somebody from the outside who's brand new. Is that going to happen? I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I think the two, if there's two people inside, one guy I would, I would think serious about. The other guy I wouldn't. Kevin Abrams is the assistant GM. I would never make him a GM. Okay. Um, that's me. And I like Kevin, but I, you know, he was a cap guy and cap guys shouldn't be GMs. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's, I mean, they're not evaluators. A lot of them think they are. <laughs> a lot of people think they are, but they're yeah. not. Um, and then Timmy, but Timmy's, you know, he's got that bloodline. I just don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, they do it in Dallas. The Joneses are. Mm-hmm. 
And Jerry's going to say, you know, uh, to anybody who says, because <laughs> he don't care. <laughs> Greg just held up his middle finger for those people listening on the audio podcast. <laughs> let me uh, let me finish things up with uh, two or three more real quick ones here. But actually, this one might take some uh, a long explanation in your part. It's another great question from Bear Truth Nine. It says, Greg, what do you think about the team talent going into the off season? Does you do you feel? It can be retooled and ready to compete next year. Well, you got to right off the bat. I, I think the people are in place for the offensive line to be pretty good. Okay. They're young. They're, they're young and they're, and they're going to be around for a while. And they're, and, and if you look at it across the board, there's, you know, throw out Peters because he was only brought in because of an emergency, right. but you got a lot of young guys there who are still in their twenties who were, you know, got a lot of good football ahead of them. And I think they're pretty good players. Uh, a tight end position, I think is in, in real good hands. There are uh, a few good receivers. You've got to replace a rod and who's that going to be? Who knows? You know, you can't, you can get a really good receiver in the second round. Mm -hmm. And he can become in time a number one receiver, mm -hmm. but you need a number one receiver today. Right. Okay. So that means you're going to have to spend some money in free agency. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just can't see that deal getting done with a Rob here mm -hmm. under present circumstances. Now, if you got different people in the front office, maybe that changes. Mm -hmm. Do you think that uh, the Bears, you, Brad Biggs talked about this uh, in uh, his Q&A column last week about potentially trading Robert Quinn uh, to alleviate some cap uh, issues and potentially bring in a second, third rounder kind of thing? Well, I don't think you can get, he's, how old is Robert? You, he's you 32, look, I believe. Okay. I don't think you're going to, he, and he's got a pretty big contract. 12 million, which isn't too bad for next season. Yeah, but there's uh they restructured this year. That's right. And, and so they switched the bonus thing. So to cut him mm -hmm. and let me see if I can find it. Bear with me. You can talk for a while. Absolutely. I'll let people know that uh, we're going to be back here at the Barroom Network talking more football tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. Central. It'll be the Bear Debate with John Buffon and Tyler Ellis. We might have some surprises for you as well. We're working on that. And then at 8 p.m. Central, it's the Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls show. I got to tell you that Dan Aguirre, he was ready to Turning his chips, he was so upset and miserable. I mean, the guy was practically depressed with the Bears' performance, but that victory really lifted his soul uh, and his hopes that maybe these Bears can uh, accomplish something next season. And so he's back in the fold as a Bears fan. Okay. <laughs> you trade him or cut him next year, uh -huh. you're going to have a $12.5 million cap hit. And, and why do that, right? Why do yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and dead money, 23.9 million. And this mm -hmm. is post, you know, no, you're not going to do that. And, and, and I was having a, a, a Twitter discussion with somebody last week or the week before. 
about that same thing because he said he'd get McQuinn. I go, why? He's got 17 sacks. It doesn't make sense to get rid of him. I don't, you know, if you can bring back Mac and Quinn next season, that is the foundation to have a re- more than respectable defense. And you got and you got Gibson to play in a rotation. Exactly. Exactly. So I, that to me doesn't make sense. So to answer Bear Truth Nine's question, do you think that this roster can be retooled? Do you think that the Bears can be competitive next season with some retooling? Yeah. I, I, they well, number one, Justin is going to be in a second year, and it's not all going to be new to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what's the offense going to be? Etc. You know who's who's the coach, the coaching staff. You know we don't know the answer to that. Maybe it's going to be the same people. Maybe it's going to be new people. Everybody seems to think it's going to be new people, but mm-hmm. until it actually is, we don't know. Mm-hmm. The they've got to get, as I said, at least one more receiver, maybe two. And they only have two under contract for next season, if I recall correctly. Yeah, so. a lot of these guys got one-year deals, but right. and they're and they're cheap. Right. But you're going to still you're going to get unless you somehow find a way to to re-sign a Rob and and off his numbers this year. Why would you? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't think he's lost anything. I think it's just what has gone on. Yeah, but still, that's eighteen million dollars. It's costing you. I, I'm going to say that you're going to get a quality receiver at what you paid him originally. Mm-hmm. And I, so then you're going to have him for four years or something, right? You know, and 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 at, at you know pretty good value. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got to get a couple DBs. You got to get another corner. You got to get a a, a uh, a safety. So, you know, I would think right off the bat, you got to get two. You got to replace, you got to replace Akeem. So that's a, a defensive lineman. Two, three, five players. So no chance of Akeem coming back. Oh, I'm not going to say that. It's got to come back at the right price. Right. He he. He'll, he'll have- you got to go back. Go back to what I said a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And that is, okay, if you're getting X amount of dollars, you've got to give that back. Right. Right? Okay. Right. So let me see if I still got the Bears thing up here. Because, yeah, he's making over $12 million this season, I, I want to say, easily. Yeah, well, and this and he's out of contract. Right. You know, so I don't have his his numbers not shown on here for some yeah, reason. I'll get it. Um, but some, anyway, uh, you've got to get you've got to get if you're giving him ten or twelve million dollars, you've got to give him ten or twelve million dollars back. Well, how many games has he missed? Right. He he's making twelve million dollars this season, and you're absolutely right. Now, I got a question for you regarding contract structure. Um, if you do an incentive-based deal, let's say, hey, Akeem, we're going to give you $6 million, your base salary, it's totally guaranteed, and now you will get, I don't know, $500,000, whatever, for each start, $250,000, whatever it is. Right. Well, how does that factor into the cap? Your base salary is factored into the cap. The other stuff is considered unlikely to be earned until uh-huh. it is earned. 
but once they are earned, you get hit with it. Okay, so it, it could potentially push you over the cap at a certain part of the season, and you've got to make player changes in order to get back under the cap. Well, you're gonna okay. you're gonna know that you're you're gonna assume. Let's let let's say you're giving them two hundred thousand a game times seventeen games, so that's three point four million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. You got to figure that he's gonna play fourteen games. Yeah, yeah. You okay, got so you got you got to have that figured into your negotiation or figured into your um your salary cap proposal or whatever and and uh and if it comes out that he misses half the season and and he only spend 1.7 million or, or whatever then that's you know that's extra money to you mm-hmm. now one thing about the cap if you got leftover cap money at the end of the season it gets carried over Yes. But the Bears don't have a whole lot. Right. You know, so what what do they have right now without doing a contract? And 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 I'm gonna assume they're not gonna do any contracts between now and the end of the season. Okay, King team cap space, one point eight eight three million. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, big deal. Yeah, it is kind of scary though. I mean but uh, we'll, we'll talk more in depth maybe next week about cap stuff because I, I actually got two or three really, really good questions that I want to maybe visualize some of these questions so that it'll be easier for us to understand. Because for me, anyway, the cap stuff starts to get a little vague because with math, I'm awful, 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 awful. Well, uh, there's, there's, so many, there's so many things that get involved. Like all your practice squad players, Yeah, those are – that money is part of your cap. Right. And it's usually but now, the- now how about this? When, when, when you bounce a guy back and forth mm-hmm. and say, okay, you, you brought up what three guys from the practice squad this past weekend to play. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? They got a raise this week. It's only for one game, but right. you got to figure that in. You know, yeah. they're not getting, they're not getting, even though they're only active for one day or two days, they're getting paid the full week. They're getting that, you know, the the minimum. In mo- a lot of cases, there's a rookie minimum um, divided by 17, or divided actually 18 now, because you get you got 17 weeks in a bye week, and your in your pay period, players get paid during the course of the season. That's it. They don't get paid during the off season unless they got bonuses due like March 1st or something like that. But they right. get so you get. Uh, used to be 17 equal paychecks. Now you get 18 equal paychecks. Gotcha. All right. Two very, very important questions here from, from George. I'll ask him one at a time. Uh, would you accept a consulting job with the Chicago Bears? Probably. <laughs> and I know why you're laughing, you sneaky little bastard. <laughs> we'll move on to his final question. Um, Greg, are you a scotch and soda guy? No. No. So no. In fact, I, I stopped drinking scotch three, four years ago and strictly bourbon. I like bourbon better. Mm-hmm. And I I like scotch. I got nothing against it, but I like bourbon better. I am with you a hundred percent. Give me a good bottle of bourbon, and I'm a happy guy for a couple. I of got years. my wife a bottle for Christmas. You ever had huh? Yellowstone? No, never had Yellowstone. It's really good, and 
I thought originally when I saw it that it had to do with the, you know, marketing for the TV show. Right. It really has nothing to do with the TV show at all. It's an, and the bourbon's been around. They only make, they got the, the regular Yellowstone bourbon and then they got a special edition. That's about 450 bucks a bottle. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, but it, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, I um, I try not to spend over $50, $60 for a good bottle of bourbon, but every once in a while, you know, those uh, 70 I don't I don't usually that this cost me like 40. Oh, that's good. You know, I mean, but you know, I like um you ever had 46? Oh, I love it. Okay, make that's mid 40s. Yeah, definitely. Um Oh, there's 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 great uh, yeah. bourbon. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that's usually where I go. Mm-hmm. You know, now, you know, when I go on my golf trip with, as a, you know, my wife so nicely calls the old guys um, every summer. Then I I bring a little nicer bottle. There you go. You know, I might spend seventy eighty dollars. Nice. Now, do you drink it straight up or with uh, some soda? I drink it straight with, with, with some ice. Yeah, I, I now my wife, she's got, you know, she wouldn't touch whiskey. Mm-hmm. She had a real bad experience with Jack when she was in her twenties, mm-hmm. and so she wouldn't touch it. So then I made her. I'm gonna say, four years ago, a Kentucky Mule. I've heard of it, but I don't really know what's in well, there. Well, it's the same thing as a Moscow mule, except it's with bourbon instead of okay. vodka. Okay. So you've got bourbon, simple syrup, lime juice, you know, and it's really tasty. And, yeah. And so she's been drinking those. And then my old neighbor used to live down the street. Now he lives out in Vegas. Mm-hmm. They were here, I don't know, a month ago or so ago. He had a drink. He said, let's try try this one. Mm-hmm. You take the bourbon, two shots of bourbon to one shot of pure maple syrup, and then about a half a shot of lemon juice or a half a lemon squeezed, and shake it up for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. That... It it's a little too sweet for me. My wife likes it; mm-hmm. she loves it. So now, for the last month, that's all she's been drinking. Oh, but, cool. but um, that that's a good drink, you know, good bourbon drink to have. But like I say, I I I'll drink it ninety percent of the time. Just pour it over some ice and sip it down. Now, have you ever had bourbon and pot? <laughs> That's an outstanding combination. That sounds like a hard day. Um, (laughs) Somebody asked me about Buffalo Trace on there. Yeah, I've had Buffalo Trace. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, Getting off the whiskey subject, Don Burr wants to know if uh, you know Mike Martin, the former Carolina scout. No. All right. Well, that's the so we end on a downer. (laughs) No, I, 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 that's a name that I knew a lot of guys that work Carolina. I don't know. That guy and and the new GM Scott Fitterer I worked with in New York, and uh, you know so I know I know Scott real well. Mm-hmm. What do we got? Another one here. 
Well, I, Aaron is, is saying uh, people uh, mix Maker's Mark down in Kentucky where he lives. People mix Maker's Mark with Ale 8. I, I've never even heard of Ale what 8. What is Ale 8? What's Ale 8? It's a Kentucky ginger ale. Oh, ginger beer. That's like, is, is that like a ginger beer? Because that's part of your yeah. Kentucky mule is, is the lime juice, the ginger beer, and a little su- simple syrup. Okay. All right. Well, but my wife has to have diet ginger beer. Okay. Well, I should, uh, <laughs> what was the name? Aaron, remind me the name of that drink that we had uh, down in Cleveland. I met Aaron and his wife, his gorgeous wife at a bar and they were all uh, drinking and they were drinking some sweet, sweet drink and it had an obscene name. And so after they, they bought us around and we were all, wow, this is really tasty. I said, well, I'll buy the next round. What's the name of this thing again? And they told me the name, and I had to go to the bar and say, um, can you please make me five more of those? And, and now I'm forgetting the name. It's something cost like, you about 120 bucks. Yeah, almost. <laughs> but it had something to do with the word pussy, and the bartender was a woman, and she and she knew what I was ordering. And so she, I, I did and not want to laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, I did not want to say that in her presence. And she goes, Come on, tell me what you want. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to say it. And uh, Aaron, I forgot the name of that drink. I haven't had it since. It probably won't now just because I'm afraid to order it in, in public. All right, uh, Greg. Uh, by the way, it, your go-to drink on a Sunday afternoon after a Bears win is what? I, I, I don't drink during Bears games. After the game? After a Bears no, no, win? No, no I, you know, I don't. I think I told you this last year. Mm-hmm. So it'll be when's the 30th Thursday night. Yep. Last year on the 30th, mm-hmm. I got totally wasted. Yeah. You did mention that. <laughs> and, and like worst drunk of my entire life. Oh no. <laughs> and I, you know, I had a physical therapy appointment the next day. So new year's uh-huh. Eve. And I, I had to cancel that because I couldn't move. And, you know, I, I made love to the porcelain bowl four times that night. And what, a, what a, an awful experience. But <laughs> um, Yeah. So. And since then, I, you know, I haven't had that. Like, I have one or two drinks. Mm-hmm. That's about it. But I, you know, oftentimes my wife will come home and, and she'll make a drink. But I won't have one. Really? See, yeah. I can't. I can't let my wife drink alone. <laughs> no, and <laughs> she lets no, we're, me. We're 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 going <laughs> to our next door neighbors later this week, and we never walk out of that house sober. So. <laughs> well, call me if you need a ride home. <laughs> well, that's the good thing. It's next door. Here's the name of that uh, drink that I was. Oh, I see. Okay. Wet pussy shot. Imagine me. Can you? Can I get five? My wife. My wife would slap me if I even said that. (laughs) Yeah, it it is a very very bizarre name for a drink, uh, especially one that you would order in uh, public. All right, Greg. uh, This has been a tremendous ninety plus minutes of uh, bears talk and learning about. Oh, tons of stuff. I mean, I'm seeing in, in the chat room, you know, I love this kind of talk. 
this is the kind of football talk that you're not going to get on the radio because everything is in 15 minutes. And so we are able to go in depth here and listen to Greg's stories. It is always, always a pleasure. What I like about doing this is we, we, we ad lib, you know, you can go off in a different yeah. direction and then come back, yeah. get brought back to center. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 I could do this with you for two, three hours and, and it's, you know, uh-huh. Might need a I might need a break to hit the head, but otherwise, yeah. <laughs> well, let's plan on maybe uh, let's uh, talk about 2023 in the near future or 2022, I should say, in the near future. We'll maybe design a uh, two two hour or so show and uh, have some fun. But uh, we've got two more of these coming after Bears games, and um, hopefully well, we got more than two because yes, probably be something well, you know i i i in in all fairness and i i you know i hate talking about this i thought something might happen today but obviously nothing did mm-hmm. and, and so now i don't think anything will happen until I'm the end of the you. season i'm i'm totally totally with you now, i had read some things what are the bears doing they're losing out well nobody else got fired either mm-hmm. now the jacksonville can interview and i've seen some names um Caldwell, what was the other two names? Um, really, uh, uh, the former Lions coach has been mentioned. Yeah, just for Jacksonville. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, and oh, uh, Peterson, Caldwell. So two guys are out of out of work, and I don't remember who the the third name was. Aaron wants to know if we're going to get a Greg Gabriel college scouting show this offseason. I, I know uh, Aaron, he would. I'm not up to date with the with the draft, but I'm always up to date with the process. Yeah, well, then and I'll get up to date, you know, with the draft. It's just that I, you know, I don't I don't have time with my little side gig. I don't have time. Yeah, for that. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, we could always highlight just you know spend an hour talking about two or three players that you've looked at and have heard stories about and so forth and share that. That's something perhaps we should entertain uh, uh, doing once the draft season arrives, which well, is. I, I'm going to assume right now, I mean, you're, you're going to have a high second round pick. Absolutely. Okay. So you're going to get a guy, I'm going to tell you right now, that's in your first round. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way it works. Because right. no, no two boards are the same. Right. And so, you know, they're probably going to get a guy, you know, they're going to be drafting 37, 38, something like that. And unless they win the next two games, and that's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. The, the, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. But you're going to probably get a guy that's on their board at, 25-ish. Right. You know, the 25th best player, and they're going to be happy as hell. But that's the way it is in every draft room in the country. Mm-hmm. And in the third round, they're going to get a guy that they got rated as a second rounder. Mm-hmm. So, the you know, they're going to be happy. You can get some quality people at the top of the second round. Mm-hmm. And especially... You know, you have the first round on Thursday night. And and by the way, this year, you ever seen Kenny Wayne Shepherd? No. Do you know who Kenny Wayne Shepherd is? No, I don't. Oh, he's a blues rock guy who's Kenny Wayne Shepherd band. I've seen him a dozen times. Oh, I heard him. And I love him. 
and he's had some Grammys. Come on, where are you? I know. Do you, what do you listen to? Punk rock or something? Oh, I, but, I listen uh, to everything, <laughs> but not Kenny no. Wayne Shepherd. <laughs> well, put on some Kenny Wayne Shepherd, and you're going to like him right away. Excellent. Anyway, I love seeing Kenny Wayne Shepherd live. Puts on a great show. Mm -hmm. He's playing in Milwaukee the night of day one of the draft. I said, oh, how could he do that? Kenny. And so then I'm going, well, wait a minute. Bears don't have a first round pick. Maybe I'll go anyway. I mean, what the hell? A lot of people in the chat room know Kenny. Yeah, he said, great, excellent guitarist. Yeah. Uh, so I will definitely put that on my uh, my iTunes uh, queue. Um, yeah, and then the, the three major things over the next few months that I'm going to be grilling you on is once we know what's going to happen at Hallis Hall with changes at the top, top being GM, wherever. Secondly, free agency, and of course, then the draft. Those are three big milestones that we will be uh, uh, getting together on and, and talking about with fans. I can't uh, I can't uh, tell you how much I appreciate this. This is always fun, and maybe next time, maybe next week, let's allot uh, two hours for our talk because uh, we've got so many things that we can go over. Well, and we're going to be we're going to be talking about a win. So I hope so. This guy Not hope. Really it's, it's, don't don't bring in these negative vibes and say hope. <laughs> okay. Stone cold. <laughs> They're six and a half point favorites. I think that's the first time all year. Yeah, how about that? I saw that Brad Biggs put that out immediately because well, he, he gets it from Joe Fortenbaugh right away. Who and, is Joe, is he a big name? Everybody seems to know him, but me. No, okay, Joe. I used to be with the. I, I actually I was a part owner of the National Football Post, mm -hmm. and Joe was too. And Joe was their uh, fantasy football guy and betting guy. Lived out in the West Coast, and mm -hmm. uh, now. Then he moved to San Francisco. He had a, a show in San Francisco, mm -hmm. radio show. And I, I'm going to say he's only been on radio maybe 10 years, but he does a does a great job. And now he's part of ESPN, but he's in Vegas, and he's one of their gambling experts. Okay. Okay. And That's so scary. he's right on the strip, but real good guy. But Bigsy wrote for the National Football Post. I wrote for the National Football Post. Joe wrote for the National Football Post. That's how Bigsy gets. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gets Joe Fortenbaugh. So he goes, I, my guy, Joe Fortenbaugh. I don't want to let you go without you answering this question. The factor says, will Nagy stick with Foles? So here's the scenario I want to present to you. Let's say Justin Fields, who, by the way, Brad Biggs is reporting, was in a walking boot for most of last week. So let's say uh, Justin Fields cannot play Sunday against the Giants and both Dalton and Foles can play. Who's your starter, Greg? Um, I was thinking to say Foles. Me too. Uh, Let him audition for that backup job next season. Yeah, but I, I, Justin Fields, I'm going to assume he can play, but you know, if he had a high ankle sprain, he might be done. You know, for for he, he might not even be able to play against Minnesota, mm -hmm. but you know, I I I want to see him get more snaps. He needs to get more snaps, so I hope he can play. Me too. Uh, but but I'm going to say Foles backed up by Dalton. I mean, they had I don't even know who the guy's name was that did the backup <laughs> uh, yesterday. Willis. Ryan Willis. Yeah. Well, who's he? You know. <laughs> 
nobody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody. Can you imagine if he had a play? <laughs> Jeez, and they were, I tell you, they would have gone to the Wildcats the rest of the game. I swear. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's why they had it in the playbook, and uh, I mean, it's always in the playbook. But that's why we saw it yesterday, despite the fact it rarely works. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's our show for today. Remember, we'll be back here tomorrow night with back-to-back Bears uh, shows, and uh, Greg and I will be talking about a Bears win next Monday night uh, or Monday afternoon. At around two o'clock or so. So, um, Greg, again, thank you very much. Uh, and it'll be next year too. So I'll that's see you right. Next year. I'll see you next year. Exactly. Uh, take care, everybody, and thanks for uh, tuning in. See you later. <laughs>